Now that uh, beautiful chorus is of Sami singers and one of their folk songs and its significance will become obvious in the story that follows. As you know, beloved listeners, there's been a recent revival of interest in the uh, famous fight to stop the Franklin Dam that, of course, was in the late 70s, early 80s and it culminated in the intervention of Bob Hawke and may have played a part in his historic 1983 election victory. Now, last year, we spoke to people involved in a new documentary about it, and uh, the ABC has recently produced an excellent podcast called Save the Franklin. Now, in an extraordinary case of synchronicity, there's a revival of interest about a similar fight to stop a damming of a river which was happening at the same time on the opposite side of the world. Let the River Flow is a new film showing at the Scandinavian Film Festival around Australia and it tells the story of the fight against the construction of the Alta ALTA Dam in Norway in 1979. But it's also about the Indigenous peoples' struggle for dignity, indeed for survival. Ulla Geva is a Sami Norwegian film director, screenwriter and actor. He uh, makes his LNL debut from his home outside of Oslo. And we also have Serika Galp, a Sami actor, playwright and activist. To you first, Serika, would you be kind enough to introduce your people to your Australian audience? Who are the Sami? Uh, we are the indigenous uh, people of uh, Norway, uh, Sweden, Finland and Russia. And um, we live across the borders in those four countries. Uh, we have uh, our own languages, our own traditional livelihoods, music, culture. And I guess we are known for... Uh, reindeer herding, traditional fishing, uh, our music, as we heard. And there, there are a number of languages, aren't there, which are now being revived yeah. and strengthened. Yes, we have or had uh, 10 languages uh, here in uh, Norway or at the Norwegian side of Sápmi. Sápmi is the name of, of our traditional area. Uh, and on the Norwegian side, we have uh, three or four languages and um, we talk our languages across the borders. Let's now so, go uh, to Oslo and talk to Ula. Now, the Sami people used to be known as uh, Laps or Lapland as a term that uh, is considered somewhat offensive, but that hasn't uh, been the worst of it, has it, Ula? Tell her what other issues did and do the Sami face? Well, there's uh, more than hundred uh, hundreds of years of history with uh, discrimination and uh, racism uh, from the Norwegian government and, of course, the Sami, you know, the, the Swedish and Finnish and Russian government as well, towards the Sami people. 
Some children were sent to boarding schools uh, where they were not allowed to speak their mother tongue. Uh, you were not, not uh, allowed to own, to own land if you were Sami, and uh, all sorts of those kind of common indigenous uh, uh, suppression uh, mechanisms uh, throughout the world were also very, very Sami familiar, people. very familiar to First Nations people in Australia, and. Uh, I understand that there was forced assimilation policies. There was there was a, a policy, I think, in the in the the beginning of last uh, century uh, across uh, Europe. There was like this idea that every nation wanted to have like one history, one language, one culture, and there was a, a forced policy by the Norwegian government to assimilate all the Sami people into becoming Norwegians. And unfortunately, they, they succeed quite well. But then this these riots um, came after the Second World War, and it kind of uh, not ended, but it made the fight for the Alta River, as this film is about, was kind of a turning point in the fight for Sami rights. Sarika, did your family experience these issues? Yes, they did. My father, he was sent uh, from his uh, family uh, when he was... Um, only one week he was born after the Second World War. So he was sent to uh, a Norwegian family. He uh, got the Norwegian name, had to learn Norwegian. And um, he lost his culture and language. And uh, I will say everything. But this Alta demonstration, this process, made him take back his traditional name, his culture, his his uh, values. Once again, there's he a direct a parallel in Australia with what we call the uh, the stolen generations. Ura, your yeah. film "Let the River Flow" is about, as I've mentioned, a fight against the dam. Tell me about the Alta River, where the drama takes place. Where is it exactly, and what did it look like before it? Uh, was well hijacked. Well, the the Alta River is uh, it was uh, Northern Europe's most richest salmon river and a really important livelihood for the Sami people who lived uh, uh, along the riverside, uh, as well as the Norwegian local society also. And uh, this was only like one of many cases where the Norwegian government took land from the Sami people and often in like in with good intentions to make renewable energy sources. But uh, it came to a point in uh, with this uh, with the fight for the river, where at one point in, during these events, uh, a group of Sami activists uh, decided to go uh, on a hunger strike in front of the parliament, and then it turned to not only be about saving the river, but also a fight for Sami rights. So back to you, Sarika. So the construction of the dam would not only impact on the environment, but also on the Sami livelihood. Yes, because uh, if they dammed up the river, the Norwegian state, the village Madse would be put underwater. So um, the people living there uh, would be forced to move and uh, the village would uh, disappear. The water would be above the church. So um, for those, it would be the end of their lives there. Sarika, it's important to note that it was controversial even within Sami communities. Mm -hmm. Yes, 
because um, it was uh, conflicts uh, there as well. Some wanted them to come because it would uh, give them an opportunity for for work and for for a future. But for some traditional livelihood, it would mean the end of that. So uh, the film portraits uh, that conflict too. Now, Saraka, um, the protests against the dam attract not only national but international attention, and not only yeah. the issue of the dam, but the the issue at the heart, the issue of how Sami people were treated, and they were treated very badly. Yes, uh, this demonstration that lasted for many, many years put focus not only for uh, for um, the Norwegians but but the world uh, so that um, the indigenous uh, people here got uh, an uprising afterwards more rights and I think that uh, Norway opened their eyes for that fact that we have we have a native group we have our own indigenous population here uh, which deserve rights and respect and a decolonized comeback after more than 100 years of official political strategy for for uh, taking us down <laughs> Ulla, you uh, you saw something something about the altar case that was absolutely inspiring yes that's true uh... The number one reason I wanted to do a film about the Alta case was actually the, the, the collective mobilization and the, the spirit of solidarity that was uh, was so strong at that time. And and, and uh, especially in Norway, it came like, yeah, we saw it through this case. I think maybe maybe every nation throughout the world had some kind of, uh, of conflict or, or political uh, uh, event that engaged people. And in, in Norway, it was this case. And I feel that uh, that was something to be inspired by today, because I think today the, the, a lot of debates and discussions are so fragmented because of the way social media works. The next day is like a new a new topic yeah, to be engaged with. Uh, but with this case, I saw the, the power that the people have uh, if we are able to physically come together and uh, and fight for something we believe in. So that was the first key. And then eventually, when I did research and start digging into this, I was so struck by by how important the case also was for the, the Sami people and the fight for Sami rights. And then you make an interesting discovery. Yes, uh, some, sometimes art and life kind of uh, blend together. Um, my father is from the, the Sami territories, uh, coming from northern Norway. And this this gave me the making of this film gave me an option to to starting into my own roots and uh, I found out that I was Sami myself so um, it became also a very personal journey making this film uh, trying to learn the language and taking back some of the things that were lost uh, in my uh, in my family's history. It's heartbreaking to know that Sami people often hid their identities. Yes, it is, and that's maybe also something that uh, differs a bit uh, with the with the indigenous people of Scandinavia. That uh, we look so similar that it's easy to blend in, uh, and that also made the assimilation process so I would say successful, but ironically successful. 
So, and that's that's also what this this film is about. It's about uh, the the main character Esther, who is uh, hiding her, uh, who she really is hiding that she is Sami, and her kind of how she is inspired by this Alta case to to fight for her right to to be who she really is. Sarah Carr, I know you've written a play about the issue of Sami identity. It must be absolutely changing now. There must be a new, uh, a great new pride in being Sami. Yes, it is. Thanks to to this uh, Alta case, I guess, and also that we are in a new time where where pride and indigenous values are more important than ever. And uh, we that are now younger, not experiencing the same things as they did in the 70s, can thank, thank all the activists that really, really fought back then so that we can have an easier or more proud uh, core feeling of being Sami and... and, um, being a part of the of the decolonial era. This this so, new sense of pride, Ulla, is very much the case with your main character, Esther. She has to learn how to be proud of her identity. Yes, that's the the kind of the the, the core of the story in the in the film. Um, and uh, and it's really true. We had, we we met uh, so many people making this film. Uh, also, people who were a part of the film, both in front and uh, in the camera and in the back of the camera, who had similar stories as Esther. That uh, they found out either that they were Sami or they have been hiding it, or maybe their parents have been hiding it, and then they're 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 trying to take back what was uh, what was gone. But as Sarka says, it's uh, it's an after this, uh, these events, there's a new generation of really proud Samis and um, who has not been in- inflicted by the uh, has inf- shame inflicted uh, upon them. Well, with Alta, this uh, turning point, Ulla, our people, our Sami people, now changing their Norwegian names back to Sami names. Yes, I think uh, think so, and especially at that time, I think now people are born with Sami names and, and probably also keep their Sami names. Though though it's also kind of a like a Sami Norwegian tradition to to use both names, and many still do uh, without that necessarily being like a, like a bad thing. But I think more and more uh, of the young generation are, are sticking with their Sami name. There are still battles to be fought. I'm going to uh, play the listener a bit of audio from a Sami politician by the name of uh, Aslat Homburg. Well, for me, all of the, all this information it's in in Sami language. Fishing has been really one uh, key way for me of learning the language. I mean, I don't learn these things if we sit with my father in. In, in our house, it's when we go outside and do these things and he starts to talk and tell about uh, things, then that's the way I I learn also the language, but obviously also the knowledge that is uh, required to, to do this, uh, this kind of livelihood. Back to you, Sarika. What are the issues still facing Sami people? I'm thinking in particular of fishing rights. My family are traditionally reindeer herders, but 
all of Sápmi are daily struggling with uh, windmill parks, uh, big mines, loss of traditional lands, climate change, and um, that our traditional lands are not being respected. I'm glad you've raised the issue of the wind farms and let's focus on them. Great protests Mm. against wind farms, which uh, Greta Thunberg uh, was arrested for taking part in. Tell me about that, Sarika. It's an ongoing uh, big struggle, both in my family traditional reindeer herding areas, but also in the southern parts of uh, Sápmi, especially on the Norwegian side now ongoing uh, with uh, windmills in traditional uh, reindeer herding areas. And it's not comparable. You can't have a windmill park in a traditional reindeer herding area. And you, and, can't, um, and you can't allow the, the noble ideal of green energy to uh, be achieved at the expense of indigenous rights. No, you can't. And that's our struggles uh, these days. And Greta Thunberg, uh, she was here in Oslo just months ago. Uh, I was there and a lot of people being a part of uh, Let the River Flow movie was um, being a part of the mass demonstrations. So you can say that uh, this fight going on now is today's Alta demonstration. Now, Aslet Homburg, who was voice we've just heard, calls what's going on green colonialism, which seems apt. Yeah, where my family has uh, the reindeers in the summertime, where the calves are being born, will um, most sadly uh, come a a windmill park. And if you um, are honest about that, then the future of reindeer herding will face a big, big, big struggle. Ulla, uh, this program has been campaigning on climate change for well over 30 years. Again and again and again we come back to it. And in the quite recently, we uh, talked about how the Arctic is warming twice as fast as the global average. So climate change is a huge threat, isn't it? Yeah, climate change is a huge threat, and what's uh, really, uh, really interesting is that uh, land areas that have been kind of governed by uh, indigenous people are most preserved in the world today. So there's a great knowledge within the indigenous people and the Sami people on how to preserve land and how to treat uh, treat the earth in a way that's sustainable. So it's kind of a, a dilemma or ironic that uh, this is the land that is now taken away with the uh, goals to to create uh, renewable energy sources, but it's um, it feels very unfair that this, this is the land that is kind of sacrificed in in that uh, fight. And uh, well, as a consequence, we learn from from you that uh, in recent years reindeer have suffered widespread starvation, and uh, of course, big infrastructure like wind parks or hydropower cut off uh, reindeer herding routes and pasture. Yes, that's that's true. the The ranger herders are facing a lot of uh, a lot of struggles, and uh, it's uh, it's very sad, as uh, the Norwegian politician just uh, said in the in the in the audio clip you 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 played. Um, uh, you need the traditional uh, 
a livelihood to maintain the culture, the language, uh, and the, in the end, the, the survival of the people. So, so taking that away will be the. I think in in the end, the the Sami people will will cease with uh, if there's no culture kind of. Um, Sarakar deforestation is also an issue. And I understand that the government sees the vast Sami lands as uh, empty areas, very much like our own concept of uh, terra nullius. Yeah, especially in uh, on the Swedish side where the UN um, paragraph is not being confirmed by the state, even though Sweden was a part of writing that paragraph. The Swedish law are not um, respecting Sami traditional areas, so mines can quite easily be uh, started in Sami traditional areas. And you see it on all the uh, majority lands where Sami Yes. So let the record show that only 2% of the old growth forests are left in Sweden, for example. Now, the Finnish government appointed a Truth and Reconciliation uh, Commission concerning the Sami people in 2021. Uh, And Norway now. And Norway. What has the process been like? Uh, here in Norway, it has been a truth and reconciliation process going on for two years, where a group has gathered uh, stories from um, Sami people and uh, the Norwegian state uh, have tried and have uh, also done this reconciliation uh, work where they um, try to uh, say sorry for what they have been doing against us for more than 100 years. Ulla, congratulations on making a fine film. What do you hope audiences will take away from it? I think, uh, first and foremost, thank you. And uh, I think that the, the, what this film offers is the chance to identify with uh, with a Sami person. Uh, and that is what often is lacking when you hear about these stories. Uh, it's very often fakta-based or documentaries, uh, and this is a feature film, and it gives you the ability to to understand it from within the Sami person. So uh, I think all of us, uh, there's a universal story in the, in the bottom of this, and that I think that all of us um, have experienced either that we are not being allowed to or that we not dare to, to be ourselves. And that is what Esther is, is fighting for, the right to be herself. And I think we all can identify with that. Sarika, it must have broken the hearts of your people to lose the fight against this wretched dam. Yes, but another perspective is that we lost the river as it was. But this Alta demonstration gave us uh, more rights, an own parliament, proudness, so many individuals uh, taking their language and culture and uh, uh, got their heart back. So uh, in one way, we won because, yeah, as Ola said earlier in the interview, it, it was a turning point for our people. Well, on that optimistic note, I thank you both for coming on the program and congratulate you on your efforts. I've been talking to Sarakar Gulp, a Sami actor, 
playwright and activist, and to Ulla Gaver, a uh, Sami Norwegian film director, screenwriter and actor. And uh, please look at the film, which is touring Australia as a part of the Scandinavian Film Festival. Thank you both. Thank you for having us. Thank you. ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. 